Yes, yes, the Casanovians got a juicy podcast episode for you in this one. So I'm speaking to you from a spinny chair in Sofia, Bulgaria. So I'm going to be out here for just over three weeks. So I'm coaching a guy out here. Uh, I'm not coaching him for the entire three weeks. So I will have some availability before I head back to the UK on 22nd of June. So yeah, bro, if you're listening to this, you're considering working with me this year and you like the sound of Bulgaria, Sofia, I mean, there is a lot to like over here. The women are beautiful. Uh, the weather is fucking fantastic. It's got a nice, easygoing, relaxed atmosphere. Loads of places to approach, whether you go to the main tourist areas, the university, even around like all the metro stations where people are just like coming out. Um, got an amazing gym here as well. Like, yeah, first time in Bulgaria, absolutely loving it so far. So yeah, if you want to have your own um, Bulgarian experience with me this year, then I'm here for a limited time. So either DM me on Instagram at Christian Magician or drop me an email, ukdaygame at gmail.com. Uh, if you're interested in spending your summer with me in Sofia, Bulgaria. Um, so yeah, bro, in this podcast episode, um, I'm going to be, well, I sit down with a very good friend of mine, Sam, who has, uh, he's been on the podcast before actually, but um, he's recently started his own day game podcast. So it's called Cool Side of the Pillow, which I think um, I'm going to title this podcast episode. Uh, so yeah, Cool Side of the Pillow. I'll leave all of Sam's links down below um, so you can uh, go over show him some love. Uh, he's essentially documenting his day game journey. So I think that's really valuable for beginners, especially if you're a beginner or maybe been out of the game for a while and you feel like a beginner again, I think it's nice to listen to somebody who's documenting the becoming rather than the being. Do you know what I mean? So look, I still very much uh, consider myself in the becoming, but I think it's nice to be able to listen to somebody expostulate their experiences who is still a very, very, very young guy. I think he's like 22 years old. So yeah, he's he's doing that. So uh, listen to this one and then just click the links down below. You'll be able to find Sam um, on YouTube. Um, and he's spreading a shitload of fucking value for you, boys. So yeah, listen to this one all the way through. If you want to work with me in Sofia, Bulgaria this summer and throw yourself into an absolute summer of fucking love, then DM me on Instagram at Magician or drop me an email, ukdaygame at gmail.com and let's fucking talk. Enjoy the podcast. Today we have a very special guest, very exciting times. I'm honoured to welcome Christian, Christian Casanova to the podcast. It's, uh, yeah, it's exciting times to, to have you here, my friend, because usually, uh, usually it's just sort of a verbal splurge of me rambling. So, uh, yeah, it's good to, good to have some accompaniment. Mm. Yeah, no, I know that feeling. After making about, well, over 100 podcasts of my own, I uh, I certainly know what it's like to expostulate in the darkness where it's just you <laughs> speak, speaking into a fucking voice recorder. Um, and yeah, I just like it. For me, the podcast that I've done, and I think you'll find this as well, it's such a therapeutic outlet. Like, yeah. I, there's a, an author, Kurt Vonnegut, he wrote uh, Slaughterhouse-Five, but his, his great quote is, I write for an audience of one. And I think when you, when you first start creating, you are creating purely for yourself because no one else is fucking listening. So just, but it, it, it's, it's remained that for me, right? Like, I think the, the podcast is like my favorite thing, even though it doesn't get like a crazy amount of attention. It's, it's just, it's, it's that, 
it's that individualistic pursuit that I really like. And you'll find this as well. Like every time you'll make an episode and you'll document your journey, it just feels really therapeutic. There's just something nice about creating content like that. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, after that, um, that uh, hashtag milkshake uh, saga. Yeah. Like, and I, I, I woke straight up and then I put the podcast out and then I was like, right, let's go to the gym. And it was just, I don't know, like it was a nice sort of like dawning of the new day. Like it was a nice like, okay, sick. We've started, we're in. I think the best thing about podcasts is when when you're listening to a podcast, almost as if like it, it, you feel as though like the person who's making the podcast made that podcast specifically for you. And it's like they're having a conversation with you. With you and because mm. I feel like when people listen to things, they're always distracted. Like when I listen to podcasts these days, I'll put the phone or the device on like the other end of the room. So I don't mm. have the possibility of being distracted. And I think that's when you actually truly can extract the value from something when you're not distracted by anything else. But like mm. these days, it's just a generation of distraction artists where everyone's doing like five things at the same time. You'll be scrolling on TikTok. You'll have your mate fucking wanking in the corner. Sorry, Ash. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you'll, uh, you'll have some fucking beef sizzling on the hob. Then you'll be yeah. thinking in your mind, oh shit, I need to go out to a fucking day game. I've been lazy this week. Then you've realized you're on the toilet having shit. Like there's so much stimulus going on that you're never really present with one activity. Um, and for me, like actually creating things allows you to actually get into that state of being present with something and actually dedicating 100% of your time to it. Um, I think that's so applicable with day game, you know, the thing that people are probably listening to your podcast for. It's, mm. you know, when, when guys are going out there to approach girls, they're not going out there and fully committing to it, right? They'll be, they'll be scrolling on the phone between their approaches. If they're going out there with a wing, they'll be distracted by the wings. They'll just be like some fucking mother's meeting where they're just talking about pointless topics. It's like, mate, we're out here to fucking chat to girls and we're talking about the mock you got from Ikea. Like, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> You're just like distracted, distracted. It's all, it's all defense mechanisms, right? So like, point being, it's like when you go out there, you have to you have to commit 100 percent of yourself to doing something it's like the way you do anything is the way you do everything right so whatever you do it's almost like um like a zen meditation in a way whether you've gone out to day game whether you're cleaning your room whether you whether you're washing the dishes like just being like 100 percent present with that activity and then you'll mm. get rip-roaring results from it because you're so laser focused that was a tangent but i think it's valuable mm. yeah yeah definitely i have to ask nick <coughs> Next time I see him about the mop he got from Ikea. I've heard it's a good, a, good, a good one, you know, like uh, re real, uh, real, real ability to uh, soak up, soak up the debris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well, um, we'll get into some of the questions um, that I had for you um, in a minute. I was just going to touch like um, – briefly on the session that um i had yesterday yeah it was it, it was really good like after i mean yeah maybe we'll, we'll touch upon um uh the the evening i had as well and i think it'd be kind of interesting to go into sort of like discipline and voices and stuff because it's um it's something i did um did another podcast on and i'd be interested you know when i get guests on to kind of get their um their their thoughts on that and their sort of 
how they sort of deal deal with that. But yeah, yesterday's session was re- really nice because I headed down to um, sort of Manchester Uni Way, and um, I did that bit on my own. And then I was like, oh yeah, um, to Nick, like oh yeah, I'm, I'm I'll meet you in St Peter's or whatever kind of way because he's he's not a big fan of down down that way. Um, but yeah, I managed to do two approaches on my own, which I was quite um, pleased with. And to be honest, like I was kind of in um, a bit of a, I suppose, solitary uh, and depressed, uh, well, sort of low level depressed uh, mood where mm-hmm. sort of, you know, I ticked off a lot of the stuff that I wanted to do for the day. But I was sort of like heading back to Indies where I've been like applying for jobs for like last month. And it's like, oh, fucking indeed again. Do you know what I mean? Will there be anything of appeal for me or will it just be me sort of blagging to people who, you know, I'm not really that interested and they're not really that interested kind of thing. And then uh, got out and had two two conversations and they were just kind of really sort of nice. Um, one of the things I think I've got from you recently is just sort of going in with exactly how your your feeling um and sort of kind of um uh, saying what's um what what's on your mind you know like i've seen in um some of your videos you know you'll kind of go in and be like um you'll be like ah yeah i just i just saw you and i was kind of you know i was feeling quite socially lethargic so i thought i'd i just sort of you know put the feelers out there or like something, something along those lines. I'm on, um, I'm on twenty percent. So I reckon at some point, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna, I'm gonna be charging you up while we. Yeah, that's fine. We're only using, we're only using the audio anyway, anyway, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but no, but like what you're saying about uh, state transparency, I, I think that is like one of the most practical things that we can give to guys who are listening to this. I think a lot of guys are resistant to owning the state that they're in. You know, most guys think that they need to feel social to have a conversation. And Mm. they're like, I don't know what to say to this girl. Yeah, you do know what to say because it's already inside of you. You feel shit scared to talk to this girl. So that should be one of the first things to come out of your mouth because... It's, it's not coming from a place of pessimism. It's coming from a place of power, right? It's not like, oh my God, I'm such a sniveling mess. You're so beautiful. I'm putting you on a pedestal and being like, oh, I'm so scared to talk to you. It's like, yo, I just saw you and I'll be completely real with you. I was absolutely shitting a brick coming over here because people don't usually do it. But I thought, you know what? I might be dead tomorrow. You look beautiful. What are you doing today? And just owning that state, it humanizes your conversations. It gives you permission not to be perfect. Because I think that's one of the main things that castrates guys of their confidence with this shit. They feel as though they need to be perfect and they won't approach until they feel as though they've got the entire playbook. You don't need Mm. to be perfect. You just need to be human and own your humanness. If you feel like an absolute worthless piece of shit today, then just fucking own it because she might do as well. And then you've got this beautiful humanization. Yeah, man. And it was was really... um uh nice as well like there's some like nice parks down there and i was just like out walking in the sun and i was like oh yeah nah i think things are gonna be all right you know um and then um yeah met up with nick and i I remember i did one um 
by that like tr- you know the like trundling sweet corn stands that go <laughs> through Market Street. <laughs> And uh, I stopped to go like right by that, and I was like, I said to like halfway, "You're gonna get some sweet corn." So just kind of like drawing things in from your like environment as well. Like I think it's worth um, noting for guys that it doesn't kind of need to be there. Like, oh, you look Italian, like every, oh. like every like every time, like, right? Kind of um, you know, uh, draw draw some. Uh, draw some stuff in like that and there was a girl that um so nick was like oh sam come on let's go into uh let's go into zara there'll definitely Classic. be some nice ones in there he's uh yeah man he's good he's got me doing like all sorts of shop ones he'll set like his five minute timer and then he'll be like um you know if you haven't done one in those five minutes i'll be like right come on we're we're going into xyz shop so i've done one in tk max one in aldi yeah, man, <laughs> really. <laughs> By calling the fucking carrot. <laughs> oh, man. I find that I'm like twisting and turning like before I go into them because I'm like, I'm super resistant on the on on the shop ones and Nick's just there like grinning away. Like. But um, yeah, no, it's, um, it's, it's good, man, because he definitely pushes me into uncomfortable ones that... Um, that I wouldn't otherwise do. I think that's the the one of the biggest ingredients that guys miss with this is that sense of accountability. You know, it's being on your own doing this. Like human beings, we are traditionally lazy creatures and we won't mm. do anything unless we have to do it. And mm. I think when you do have the accountability from a masculine support network and the consequence of not doing the thing is you feel like a pussy you're going to do it and it blesses you with this inherent superhuman strength to just be Mm. like, I will do this now. Right. It's like if you had, let's say I don't have a child, but if I had a child and there was a burning building and my child was in there, I would go straight in there. Right. Because it's like, you're not even thinking logically. It's like, you've just got this, this superhuman strength within you. I think it's the same when you have guys around you who are pushing you into audacious approaches. It's like, Oh, well, I have to do it now because I don't want to be seen by the group as the pussy. I want to be seen by the the guy that can just go in for them. So yeah, having that, having that network in place, I think that's one thing that I would have done differently. If I was going to start my journey again, I would have got, um, I would have got a network quicker because I was listening to like a lot of uh, Tom Torero at the time, RIP. And it was always like, you know, hardcore solo purist, do it on your own, you know, 10 approaches, every single, it's just like, it's not that anymore for me. You need a good group of guys around you. And if you don't have that, I think you will struggle to sustain seduction. I think it's okay in 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 patterns, but yeah, I think you need a group of guys around you. Even if it's just one guy, it's enough. So, I mean, yeah, it wasn't something that I was initially like planning on um uh, talking about, but I think it'd be interesting to kind of go into um the facts that you started off basically you know the old jason derulo routine for riding <laughs> solo um like how how did that how did that start like in terms of uh, like you know i'm just i'm kind of getting to the stage where you know like occasionally i remember when i was starting this out and i'd be in like sixth form like occasionally i'd be walking home and be able to do one or like you know like um like i said yesterday like I'm, I'm able to do like one or two solo but in terms of doing a whole session solo 
mm. I know that I kind of just miss more opportunities than I would if I had a wing. Um, like how how are you able to do that? Like basically, do you think? Like, yeah, no, it's a good question. I think I was I think I was very fortunate in the sense that when I first got into it, I thought solo day game was normal mm. and obligatory right because yeah, the content yeah. i was consuming no one was speaking it was just ba mainly torero that i was listening to and i saw him almost as the godfather of day game right so i i basically saw him as my mentor and he was mm. like, i was I, I was listening i listened to every single one of that guy's podcast and like the majority of the podcast was like solo day game solo day game solo yeah. day game right and so like that was drilled into me very very early so that's just what felt normal to me i was like right if i want to become really good at this i need to do it solo so there was never any thought for me a wing was cheating that's how i saw it i was like oh no you only get wings if you can't do it on your own which to an extent is true but now i view it as it's a healthy addition i do think that no one should be doing this solo because it's not sustainable it's not healthy you know if you're if you're the perpetual lone wolf just going around all day every day on your own it's not good for you but yeah the way mm -hmm. that i did it i just felt like it was normal i felt like that's the way i should have done it because that was the information that i was receiving oh, i see i see yeah so that was that was just kind of like well this is this is what i've got to do so i'm gonna do it otherwise i'm gonna feel shit yeah exactly it was almost like this this challenge it wasn't even a challenge you just felt like well this is the way that we have to do it it's like if i was learning how to play football and people were like yeah you have to kick the ball this way then i would have just done that <laughs> yeah. because that's that's the coach's way right so yeah it was just interesting but now i try and bless guys with the knowledge that just get yourself a group get yourself a network asap mm. going around with a wing does not make you a pussy i mm. think that you should be able to do it on your own. I think even just like give yourself a weekend, right? Give yourself mm. a weekend to just go solo, just experiment with it, just to prove to yourself you can approach on your own and then bring in wings ASAP. It's just way more fun as well. Like there's yeah, nothing quite yeah. like just going around with a wing. It's a sunny day in Manchester, 3 p.m. Everyone's happy. You're all enjoying yourselves. You've got your social safety net. You've got your cheerleaders to bounce off. At, yeah. at the end of the day, you all share your war story, sat around a met met metaphorical campfire. It's great. Yeah. I think it taps into that primal need of human beings to have a tribe of, of like a talismanic tribe of certified legends, right? It's just way better just to have a group with you. It's just, it just is better. I think it works from like, well from like a showing off perspective as well. Like for me, like I'm yeah. like, if I've got, if I've got like a, um, like a group with me, like particularly like wings that I maybe like haven't, haven't seen for a while or like I see less, I'm keen to imprint myself in their minds as like someone who, who gets amongst it you know what i mean and i kind of want i guess a motivator for me as like a younger guy is for some of them to kind of go like ah oh, shit fucking hell he can do that at 22 like mm. do you know what i mean so i think it works <laughs> like a group works quite well for me um, yeah, in that, in it, that sense it, 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 ins it inspires that healthy male competition inside of us, right? 
it's mm. like you want to be seen by the tribe as the best in the tribe mm. and like when i was saying before about running into a burning building it's like you want people to see you running into the burning building because then you establish yourself as that guy and i think yeah you're right having the group it gives you that superpower to push yourself further than you ever would on your own cool man yeah so there's um there's some bits and bobs that i've got on my whiteboard here as stuff to talk about with christian um so yeah i wanted to talk to you about um first of all like me me and ash um talk about i mean ash has them more than me um but these days where you kind of feel like i don't know say you've gone out with a target of doing said thing you haven't achieved that target you know maybe it's like oh, i want to speak to a certain amount of people i want to start doing two sets uh i remember for me um when um i was um with uh with my girlfriend and stuff and i was going out trying to do a bit of um of solo um not solo um sober uh gutter game uh and i was like oh, i want to do some like bar approaches without alcohol and i was just completely stifled and couldn't do it and i was like oh man i was like so uh like oh fuck i'm just never going to be able to do this oh fuck and you kind of you know you mentally kind of beat beat yourself up about it what it's kind of talk to you about like because I think there's this kind of like thing that are, oh, you know, coaches never have bad days. You know, they're kind of, they, they've kind of cracked game and are indestructible to its, um, its um, hard days. So, yeah, I kind of wanted to talk to you about like, is, if there's been a time where you sort of been like really um, like downtrodden by game and of like, yeah, I suppose sort of like maybe maybe it's been like a couple of days or where you've felt that. Oh yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I think it's a good question because I think yeah, you're right. I think when people think about coaches, they think of them as these. Um, you need to charge your phone. Yeah, yeah. I just just take you for some walkies. <laughs> nice one. I'll, uh, I'll 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 hang fire. There we go. I'm all is nice um yeah i think you you mentioned it to me whereby coaches can often feel like these indestructible forces right they've they figured it all out they never have bad days but i mean you, what i think what people need to understand is like me uh, a coach is like just a just a just a normal person right just like you who's just attained in my opinion a higher level of proficiency simply because I've done more, right? I've put myself through the social fire more. And I've been able to learn from the experiences. But to be honest, I think the role of a coach is to normalize the imperfections of game. I think that's the role of the coach is to give you permission to suck. It's to say to the, for me, when I'm working with guys, it's the, the first thing that comes out of my mouth is listen, we're both going to get blown out today. We're both going to have undesirable outcomes. It's not going to go the way we want it to go in every conversation. And the most valuable thing a guy can see is me getting blown out in real life, right? Like that's the most valuable thing. It's like, oh, he's getting blown out. And it doesn't, it doesn't decrease my credibility as a coach. And then that's the problem, right? I think like the coaches are not this paragon of perfection where everything they touch turns to gold. I think... What, what needs to be understood is 
when you get to a certain level with this, you're more excited to score than you're scared to lose. Mm. I think that sentence in itself will set a lot of guys free because I fully accept every conversation that I go into, I might get atrociously blown out, but it just doesn't matter to me anymore. It, I can just maintain this level of homeostasis throughout. But yeah, in answer to your question, yeah, I've certainly had, I would term it, the, the day game downers where when I started, I think it was definitely in the early days where maybe I was hitting it a bit too hard. I was putting a lot of pressure on myself. I wanted to be getting better every single session. And let's say I went out one day, I was like, right, you're going to go and approach a girl with her parents and maybe I'll bottle, yeah, maybe maybe I bottled it because it's just a fucking stupid thing to do anyway. I get like really down on myself, or like if I went out to do twenty approaches and I did eighteen, I like oh you absolute fucking wanker! Like why why did you not do twenty? And this harkens back to my magic days as well. Like when I was learning how to perform magic and going around parks in the Lake District, I think I had my my main downers then because I would go out consecutive weeks and never approach anybody i'd go out mm. with my little pack of cards and i'd be like right this is the day i couldn't even get the deck of cards out of my pockets i felt like a weirdo like who fucking goes around parks and is like kind of show you magic so i had all of that like spotlight effect self-limiting belief i'd get home every single time after like saying to myself right i'm gonna do it i'd get home and i hadn't done the thing and i just hadn't done it and i kept not doing it I remember one time I got booked to perform magic at this fucking restaurant. I couldn't even walk through the door, even though I'd been booked to mm. pay that to, mm. to, to, to perform that. They'd literally paid me and mm. I couldn't bring myself to walk through the door because I was so scared of, of, of what people were gonna think um mm. of, of me performing magic in front of big crowds. So yeah, like I I had those like down periods. But like in terms of day game, I think I've gone through seasons of it as well. I think towards like the end of last year i think i was i was consuming a lot of uh red pill manospheric content you know just like all the cringy shit like oh you need to become a, a high value man you need mm. to like earn this much money you need to have this type of body this type of lifestyle and con consuming too much content detracted the joy from day mm. game i almost fell out of love with the pursuit because i was like oh but I like a part of me also felt like day game had just become low value to me. I was like, oh yeah, but like oh, approaching mm. girls on the street, like from from this from the red pill commentators, mm. right? Like the, the fucking the Tates or all all those fuckers. It's yeah. like oh, you need to. Jay Waller. <laughs> you're right, and I fucking uh, first. I don't know if you've ever listened to First Man. Nah. Oh, bald, bald bloke. Um, but yeah, point being, it was like a part of me felt like I. I was losing value by by approaching girls and they because they were all like you know the girls should be approaching you yeah like, yeah like, yeah and they're like so, oh yeah build everything up right then. yeah build it and they will come right that yeah, beautiful yeah. fallacy mm. and then so i was in a i was in a weird way with it i was i was certainly falling in and out of love with the concept but then what changed for me was I went to Brazil. I went to Brazil January, February, and everything changed there. Because in Brazil, it's all about who's got the most charisma. That's what it comes down to. Like, no one really mm. gives a fuck about your possessions. They just mm. care, like, who can light up a room? Who has the most character? Like, who can carry a conversation and be, like, so uh, energetic? Like, that's what it's about there. And that reignited my, my love for social interaction again. And now... Like, 
I think I'm more in love with the concept of day game than I've ever been because I've I've shed that skin of all that red pill bullshit. And I think there are guys who fall so deeply in there. They spend too much time online, too much time consuming. They're, they're so desperate to be this high value man. Most people don't even know what the fuck that even means anyway. Mm-hmm. And they, 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 they piss away like 10, 20 years of their lives. And the, the sad thing is, it's it's literally just to impress other men like that's the sad yeah. reality of it yeah. It's, yeah. it's it's to impress other men it's why you want the flashy car the nice body the the penthouse in malibu yeah it's to get girls but you just want to look impressive and you want to look impressive online as well so mm. like now for me the 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 most beautiful thing is just be being able to say who am i what do i want Right. The ability to just go over to a stranger and have an amazing experience with that stranger. Mm. Like that's worth more to me than like fucking millions in the bank. I think the greatest, the greatest skill that people can invest is their overall social skills. Because you could you could lose the materialistic trophies, but it's your character that remains. Mm. So it's like yeah, like all I'm not saying don't do that shit. Like, yeah, level up your life holistically across the board. Definitely do that, but mm. don't neglect the importance of human connections and actually being able to go over to girls who you like and start conversation. It's not low value. What's low value is doing things just to impress other guys who don't actually give a flying fuck about you. Yeah, yeah. And um I think it's uh it's one of those that they they kind of taught those guys as well about oh yeah just lock yourself away for like a year or two and just yeah. like just focus on like money and stuff and it's kind of like i take like yesterday as an example <laughs> it's quite funny this angle about i just look like a little hamster in the- <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, not, it's not the best angle but we, we work with it um but yeah no they kind of talk about um just uh yeah it's like lock, locking yourself away and just focusing on like the um money and stuff but it's like a how bad will your social skills be after that mm. but b it's all it's also like um what was the other thing i was gonna say uh it's also like um yesterday like you know i've been sort of productive between the hours of you know nine and four and it came to four you know ash is away in thailand at the moment um for those of you who don't know on um christian's podcast ash is my housemate um and uh yeah it was like i needed that like i needed that walk in the sun i needed that like hit of like speaking speaking to people because otherwise you just kind of your own head kind of starts to take control of where you've sort of been been solitary for the day so Mm. you know i think i think it plays just like a super important part in your sort of general mental well-being as well as as well as getting getting results and like on the flip side of the coin when i came to manchester as well i was like oh i want to be like the most sociable person ever sometimes i find it can be a waste of time like sometimes you're sitting there like i don't know like um uh having like some conversations with some people and you're like ah, i could be doing you know could be um I don't know, like I could be getting on with X, Y, Z now. Um, so yeah, sort of striking, striking that balance with it, um, I suppose. Because sometimes your social battery can get drained, like on the on on the flip side as well. 
Yeah, I think balance, balance is the key. And I view, for me now, I view day game as a catalyst for the rest of my day, right? It's like whether I'm coaching a guy through a session or I'm having conversations myself simply for my own pleasure, your day is just better when you put yourself through the social fire. There is so mm -hmm. many, this might be complete bro science, but I feel like there's so like many hormonal changes when you do it. Like when you do the thing that scares you, when it's mm -hmm. like you're, 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 you're literally going against like years of biological programming. Because obviously if, if you approach girl back in the caveman days and she said, no, your DNA is not worthy of replication. But I have the best gym sessions. I feel more productive and I feel more at peace after I've done like a hard day game session where I've really pushed myself, maybe into approaches that really, really challenge me. So um, you do it after usually, do you go to the gym after? The yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I like to... I like to use the, use day game as a springboard for the rest of my day. So like even if I'm going out in the evening to a few bars with a few friends, I'll make sure to set aside like 60 minutes to do a day game session. I'm not even necessarily doing it because I want to get results with the girls that I'm speaking with. Obviously that is a factor, but it's more of like I'm doing this so I can I can arrive at that bar being in this hyper social state i'm already in the zone and where where everyone else is still trying to warm warm up socially they need like 10 mm. pints of lager down mm. them first yeah. i've already i've, I've trained like a savage at the gym i've done a day game session i've had a fucking cold shower like no, no one's better than me at that fucking venue i will destroy mm. everybody mm. and it's not because i'm a fucking high value man who's got a lamborghini it's because i do difficult shit that's what being a high value man is about right it's, it's yeah. about yeah. doing difficult things on a daily basis do what terrifies you and same fuck you to anybody who doesn't resonate with you like, that's what it's about it's not about the possessions it's about the person who you are and the person who you become through doing doing difficult things i think day game is the the greatest thing you can invest your time and energy into because it'll change your life it'll change your life holistically like i'm i would say i'm a testament of that where in a, in, in a short space of time my entire life has been meteorically transformed by doing this mm, yeah yeah i like what you said there about it being um you know, being being high value is about doing um, is about doing difficult things um, and stuff. And you mentioned there kind of as well about um, being sort of charged um, mm. from from day game. And I think that's like a really interesting thing because like having done it for um, you know a bunch of years, I I find that and so certainly like when I first came to Manchester and stuff. I've found that sometimes, say you do like a day game session and then you go off to do like so something else, mm -hmm. it's quite hard to sort of drop um, your thoughts from the day game session, potentially. Mm -hmm. Like I find it, it, it can be quite consuming at times or ah, uh, you don't get that text back or ah, uh, girl walks out on a date like, <laughs> like happened the other month, you know, and it's like, you know, you can kind of, yeah get like get get very sort of um wrap, wrapped up in it and also i suppose i i find that you can either get into like a real flow state with it or you can get quite fatigued like at the end of a session you can just kind of be like oh fuck that was like mentally um exhausting but yeah i suppose for you because you, you you're obviously doing it for your own 
you know pleasure and the desire of wanting to do it but then also coaching people do you find it like hard to unwind from it and like how do you sort of just like drop do you know what i mean like all the thoughts about day game and stuff like when when you need to i suppose (laughs) yeah no i think that's um i think that's a really good question um I think it's the way that I actually approach the pursuit itself. And what I mean by that is like what I was saying to you before about I write for an audience of one. I'm I'm doing the thing because of the thing that the thing produces, i.e., mm. yeah, I'm going out there because I really want to meet amazing girls. I really want to get phone numbers. I really want to like, you know, meet up with these people, etc. But I'm doing it to to elevate my own state. Like that's my focus when I'm going out there, and that helps me not get distracted by the nice little the nice little rewards along the way. The only thing that I'm focused on is: Am I doing the difficult thing? Am I putting mm, the reps mm, in? Like mm. the rep is the reward. Mm. And then when you do that, it's like going to the gym, right? It's like going to the gym and already being satisfied with your body you're just going because you love being there and you love the way how you feel after you finish like the body is a beautiful byproduct of your enjoyment so do i find it difficult to switch off yes and no because i don't actually want to switch off i don't view it anymore as day game i view it as life game it's just become something i am rather than something that i do and i really do now live and breathe the thing that I love to do, right? I love transforming the lives of guys. I love um, just every day is like a new challenge for me. Like I start off most days, I can't really be asked with the day to be honest. I get bombarded by the bullshit. I've got the avalanche of anxiety. I'm like, right, Christian, we're starting on ground zero. We decide how today's going to play out, right? So we get out of bed, we get a cold shower, go for a little walk, go to the gym, do some day game, check in with my clients. And then that barometer has increased a lot. So yeah, I think in the early days, it is very easy to be a victim to the the whims of the day game gods because you don't know what you're doing, right? You just literally just want to get your fucking dicks up when you first start this. Like, that's the reality of it. But I think the more you do it, you start just viewing the rep itself as the reward and you do just start to enjoy, um, you start to enjoy the becoming as much as the being, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah yeah no it does um yeah i wanted to talk to you as well about um yeah biggest what what kind of stands out from you i know you'll probably have like a lot of um a lot of potential candidates for this but what you'd say has been like one of your biggest highs from day game in terms of like either like I don't know, like a juicy uh, lay report that you want to go into or just like could maybe just be like a moment where you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, like this is this is going good. And I feel like really alive and good from this or yes. or just like um, as well, like stacked on top of that, like, a, I don't know, just like a funny date story or like or something like that. All right. Well, uh, great. I'll, I can yeah. I can bang these out the park. First of all, funny date story. Uh, I was I was on a date with a girl. We went for a little walk. Uh, but I, I, what I've been doing for the whole day, I've been um, 
<laughs> I've been trying. I've been trying not to not to fart, right? I just yeah. I had like so much trout's wind, right? Anyway, day went really well. Got back to hers. I just needed to fart, so I farted and I shit myself. I literally, I literally had. I was in her bathroom. I'd literally caked my Calvin Klein's with shit, and she was waiting on the bed, and I had shit <laughs> all over myself. So I literally just had to say to her, uh, I'll, be, "I'll be two minutes." And luckily, obviously in the bathroom, a lot of toilet paper. So I wiped myself down, and I had these Calvin Klein's. So what I did, I took the Calvin Klein's off. I like scrunched them in a way so that the poo was was uh, contained. And like I kind of took them into my back pocket. I had my, my my Nike hold all with me. So I like pretended that I was just like looking for a condom, sl- slipped the Calvin Kleins into the bag, and she was none the wiser. But that was a horrific <laughs> experience. Practical advice there, don't hold your farts in because it will come back to bite you on the ass quite literally. So that was funny. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I think to, to this day, the best, um, the best sexual experience, the best hashtag lay story, um, it's, 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 it's always been that one that you witnessed, not like you didn't witness the actual lay, but, um, oh, the one in Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. that, that was, there was just something truly magical about it. And I've never been yeah. able to find yeah. another approach that went so well for the guys who were, no idea what we're talking about. Maybe, maybe it'd be good to you actually to narrate the experience. Seeing as though you were there, you actually witnessed yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a good approach because uh, I remember that I, I just do like Liverpool as a place to as a place yeah, to approach. Great. I think what what I want to do with sort of podcasts going forward is I'm going to start doing some like city reviews and stuff because I've kind of been to most of them now around mm. ar- around the UK. Really nice, wide pavements. And uh, yeah, Christian saw this girl that, um, that tickled his pickle and yeah, went um, went straight in with with the mum, with the mum there as well. No no cares of the world about the mum also, uh, also being there. And uh, yeah, the mum sort of, from what I remember, just sort of slowly cleared off while you had a, a nice little seductive uh, bubble with uh, with the girl. And then, from what from what I heard, it ended ended all quite nicely in uh, in a spilt bathtub. Oh, I literally <laughs> forgot about that. The fucking bathtub. <laughs> Shit, yeah. So I had that Airbnb in Liverpool. And then I met her and then we met up like a week later because after Liverpool, I was going to come and meet you in Edinburgh, right? Mm. And um, yeah, so there was a bath in the Airbnb and it was a bit of a um, like post-coital bathing that I had a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> this was after like a, a full bowl of red wine and absolutely glugged. So like I was like, da 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 let's fill up the bath. Just let, left it running. Um, I, I think I went back to 10 to her. I think I was just like eating her out for another 30 minutes. So then... Um, the uh, she was like, is that is that bath still going? I was like, oh, what 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 bath? Oh, the bath. So the bath was overflowing. Any normal rational human being would have been like, yeah, we should probably drain this. I decided to cannonball <laughs> into the bath for no fucking reason, and did, the whole uh, thing overflowed. Um, did you clear the sort of um, side of the bath or? As in, like, did you manage to hurdle it and straight in? The- I can't remember what I did. I just remember going in there with brute force. <laughs> and yeah, the whole thing overflowed. It was like a scene from fucking Titanic. And <laughs> the water 
was was then dripping down through the floor into the electricals on the kitchen oh, in the kitchen. Shit. I was like, yeah, I should probably do something about that. Anyway, I continued to just bathe for the past, like, next, like, 10 minutes. And then I got loads of towels, tried to, like, I tried to literally, like, rub it off. It's like if you burn a pan, you try to, like, rub the burn out. It doesn't fucking work. So I was trying to, like, rub the wet out. Uh, anyway, so I left. We both left. She had to take the morning pills. That was another escapade before I met you in Edinburgh. She's like, oh, I might be pregnant. I was like, yeah, forget about that. We, the, the back <laughs> what about the poor? <laughs> um and so I, I then I, I messaged the Airbnb host. I was like, sorry, there was a little there was a little spillage. Uh and then she got back to me. She's like, little spillage. You literally like drowned the flat. And to this day, I still don't know why she never charged me any money for it. I never got anything. Oh, really? Oh, Nothing really? happened. Yeah. So the moral of the story is you can really destroy an Airbnb and nothing bad will happen to you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, to this day, that was uh, that was the best sort of uh, experience I had. It was, it was purely for the audacity of the approach. And like mm. when you approach a girl and it's just on from the get-go, and I think like the fact that she was with her mum like really aided in that approach because it just really did present me as this like ultimate risk taker who like saw what he wanted and whatever obstacle was in the way he was happy to bypass it the mum absolutely loved me anyway like that's the key when you're approaching mum and daughter the mum has to like you the mum just lit up as soon as she saw me and then she excused herself from the approach um and yeah, we also had that guy who was watching us. I don't know if you remember him. He was like <laughs> watching the approach as it unfolded. I'm not oh, sure if that selfie was... Steve. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if that was a dad. <laughs> oh, dear, man. Yeah, no, that's brilliant to hear because like, I feel like for a lot of like real beginner um, guys, the one thing that I feel like changes things is positive um, reference experience in terms, yeah. that, in terms of I had a week in... Uh, the back end of April, and I'd split up with um, you know my ex girlfriend a couple of a couple of weeks earlier, and I was just getting kind of blown out from from pillar to post, and then you kind of go into that next approach thinking that you're then also going to get blown out, and it's quite hard to change that cycle without mm. having ones that ones that go well and kind of change it um, for you, and then the last three weeks has been has been three in the sheets from day game which has been you know fucking probably like one of one of the best months you know going for me and i think like some when you get that positive reference experience as well some dates are just like proper magical Mm -hmm. you know they just kind of have that you're just in that bubble and maybe you're thinking like one or two game things in your head like oh i want to go for the kiss so i want to you know try and bounce things back to my my flat or whatever but you're really there just enjoying it aren't you and it's just like that's that's one of my favorite bits Mm. of um, of the process for me is like when a first date is going well it's just like an absolute it's like psychedelic for me, like almost, it's just like fuck. She thinks I'm sexy. I think she's sexy. It's just nice, isn't it? You know. Yeah, and the fact that that relationship has started because you cultivated it by putting mm. balls on the line that just hits mm. different. And I think yeah. what you're saying there about momentum, you, yeah, you you can either be experiencing failure or success in advance. Mm. 
That's what yeah, it is. Yeah. If if the momentum is shit, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy where you're expecting it to continue to be shit. If it's mm. going great, you expect success in advance. And I would say to guys, we're currently in a a bad a bad place of momentum, and everything they touch turns to shit. I would personally say the first thing you should do is just take a break from day game. I would say for a week, mm, mm, just mm, take a break, mm. allow everything to reset and focus on doing things that, that you find fulfillment in. So, you know, train hard at the gym, upgrading your wardrobe, spending good time around good people. And then when you do go out after a seven day hiatus, approach girls who you realistically think you can get even if it's girls who are less attractive than the girls you actually want, the purpose of those approaches are to build positive momentum, right? That's all you need. You just need people to smile. You need to get a couple of phone numbers. You need a, a couple of girls to tell you that you look really good. Even if these are quote unquote less attractive girls, it will give your brain the candy that it needs to continue. Yeah, because I yeah, think a mistake yeah. guys will make is, It'll be going shit for seven days. They won't take a break. They'll try and force themselves to go into super difficult approaches with girls mm. who are like fucking nines and tens, let's say. And it's just, it's continuing that negative cycle. So I think if you are in a bad place, take a break for a week, get back into it, and then just prioritize going for girls who are quote unquote less attractive just to get you back into the game. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I think... It is it is so mad how much that that influences um, things. You know, if you're if you're getting blown out loads, how much you're just sort of going into the approach with the oh please stay yeah. kind, of, kind of mindset. And like um, if you're if if you've been you know almost getting well, there's never too many numbers, but you know if you've been getting a fair few numbers, you're kind of like seriously you're walking off like come back like what are you done like what are you doing like, yeah you know yeah, you've definitely got more of that sense of entitlement there which is is a killer mindset where you genuinely mm. believe that you are the most fuckable man on the planet and anyone would mm. be stupid not to want you in their lives and that's a process as well and i think it's something that happens away from day game as well as within day game like I've always viewed day game as a means of delivering your value to the world. And I mm. think that the more that you are leveling up yourself holistically, the more positive reference experiences you are going to have simply by going over and saying hello. So by looking as good as you can look, by getting in really good shape, by having great mental health, actually looking after yourself, getting rid of toxic habits. When you're going over to that girl, the opens because you've been putting in the work holistically and i think that's a big mistake that guys make they think the only way to get great at day game is to do more day game that's that's not it to get great results from day game you have to build up your value holistically and then just use mm. it as a means mm. of delivering your value to the world and then when you are going into your approaches you have to be playing to win rather than playing not to lose. So going in there with full conviction, smile on your face, make solid eye contact, just focus on the first three seconds. That's all you need to worry about. Yeah. Just really give yeah. her like, 
give her like a super hard hitting compliment to carry that conviction. So rather than going in there, like wandering in tentatively being like, Hey, uh, saw you, you look, you look quite nice. Like fuck that mm. shit. Like, yo, yeah. I just saw you. I had to say, you look absolutely beautiful. What are you doing today? We need to go to Costa Coffee right now. doesn't matter what she says. It's you're getting out that conviction. It will make you feel a million times better just to go in with those hard hitting adjectives. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's uh yeah definitely something I want to kind of experiment with uh with a bit more because yeah I feel like I can get a bit lazy and just be like oh yeah you look like quite nice like I thought you looked yeah. quite good sometimes sometimes I don't even remember what I say um with them but I think one thing that's that's interesting to kind of talk about with those sort of fluctuations between um there's like two or three more things that I want to I've got on the on the board of talking points um one of which um just to talk, talk about quickly was one of probably for me the most but yeah probably one that stands out with one of the most insightful things uh you said to me is about it not being linear in terms of like so you you mentioned like there being like a build-up in value mm. like yeah you can be like walking the walk like one week like oh yeah i've got my shit together and you can still have your shit together the next week but then you know maybe one or two other things go awry and you're getting blown out loads in day game and you're kind of almost like back to square one i've found from doing from doing it like consistently week on week this can happen and it's kind of like well, what the fuck? Like, I've been, I, I went to the gym loads last week. I'm more jacked this week or whatever. I should be, mm. you know, you know what I mean? So it can be like quite confusing in that sense. But what I sort of realized with that now is there's, there's going to be days where you die and there's going to be days where you like resurrect. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to kind of, um, yeah, you, you some, some days your like brain chemistry is just like, nah, we're not taking these difficult ones or you just feel super anxious or whatever and then you can you know you can you can get it back does that make sense or yeah definitely i say one of my one of my greatest assets the person as a practitioner as a coach is the ability to just say fuck it like mm. i get questions from guys all the time like oh christian like last week was great this week wasn't very good like what should i do or i spoke to this girl and she didn't respond to my text or um uh, like whatever whatever thing it is and like my what i really want to empower guys to understand is just say fuck it and just get on with it like it's good even the best premier league footballers have bad matches even the mm -hmm. best olympic swimmers lose races even yeah. the best jockeys will fall off fall off the fucking horse like it it doesn't matter in the most liberating way possible i think guys do get wrapped up in this idealistic image of you just keep getting better and better and better you mm -hmm. could go out on wednesday and have the best day of your life thursday could be awful because you've got you've then got something to compare it to and no one mm -hmm. no one gets it like you could have a great day and then that then becomes your benchmark and you think that mm -hmm. it always has to be like that so you're putting mm -hmm. pressure on yourself to always replicate your best 
No, it it just is. Like, like nothing is good or bad. It's the thinking that makes it so. So point being is just being able to be at peace with whatever happens and don't worry thinking, oh, I'm regressing. I'm back to square one again. It, it's not square one. There are no squares. You're just <laughs> living your fucking life and you're just going through the motions some days are great, some days are shit. And that's the whole point. There's this beautiful quote by a Japanese bloke. And he's, uh, he says, um, throw me into hell and I will find a way to enjoy it, right? Throw me into hell and I'll find a way to enjoy it. And the reason that quote is so poignant is because he's not saying that. You know, people are always like, oh, yeah, you got to love the blowouts, bro. The blowouts are great. No, blowouts are fucking shit, right? And by saying throw me into hell, I'll find a way to enjoy it. It's accepting that hell as a place is shit. No one wants to be there. But with the right mental practice, the right attitude and the right perception, you can find a way to turn your wounds into wisdom and transmute your pain into power. It's not saying that, oh, yeah, I've got to love the blowouts. It's, okay, how am I going to use the bad days? How am I going to use the bad days to fuel me? So, yeah, point being, there's not really any such any such thing as like a good day or a bad day. Like It just is. And it all depends mm. on your perception of the reality, you know? Mm, yeah, I had, uh, I don't know if I told you, I had one of my worst blowouts today, the uh, the other week on a, on a Friday night, I was mm. out in uh, Gay Village, I literally just went up to this uh, group and said, uh, and said, hey, you know, maybe with like a bit of like a sexual smirk or whatever, and I literally just got, fuck off you cunt, and got shoved. Wait, was this a group? Was this a group of guys or or, or girls? This was uh, this was a girl. You <laughs> said the gay village. I wasn't sure what what was floating your boat there, mate. Good old good old gay game. <laughs> you look so beautiful. <laughs> get, get away from me, boyfriend. <laughs> and uh, I just uh, I just said to her like, oh, I guess you're off my Christmas card list then, and carried on walking. You know, you got to just see the. I don't know, see see the humour in those ones. There's a really funny like... story. One of my clients were a coach a couple of weeks ago in London. He went out on his own for the first time and uh, <laughs> he saw these two girls outside of a bar. So he's like, right, first one's the worst one. I'm going to go straight into it. And yeah. uh, these two girls, they, they were on a table and they had two drinks next to them. So he went over and he's like... <laughs> Those look delicious, but the girl had her tits out, right? So she she thought he was uh, talking about a yeah. tit, and she just went, "Fuck off, you creep!" <laughs> she and was like, "No, <laughs> the drinks, the drinks." <laughs> oh, so that's, worse. that's worse if he sat down as well. Oh. Gonna, like get up and walk off. Yeah. Yeah. Those look delicious. The drinks look nice as well. <laughs> but yeah, man, we got two more, two more talking points. I want to touch on the hashtag milfs. Uh, in oh, a sec. Um, but yeah, I wanted to go into kind of how what you want out of game uh, has changed because essentially, I remember um, when we first met in um, Birmingham, mm. um, I, I sort of asked you, you know, like, ah, oh, what do you? do you, you want like a couple girls on the go kind of thing you were like oh yeah i usually only, only sleep with them uh once um just because i feel like that's all, all all you can do really um and then it kind of expanded to you know maybe having a couple on the go and then you had the the subscription phase thing that i remember you were you, you were talking <laughs> about as well which could be good to enlighten yes. enlighten people on as well i think mm. um but yeah because for me at the moment 
like obviously i had um like i'm not gonna um like name her and stuff but i had my um uh my open relationship for a, a year and a half and stuff and then sort of had other girls on the go like during that sort of cu- coming and going having had that i'm now at a stage where i'm thinking you know i can't really sort of um because if you're in any sort of more kind of deeper relationship i feel you sort of have to be able to sort of like put them first and start having you know a bit more um compromise i know that'll be like controversial with the whole sort of um you know oh you want to like set the frame and stuff like i do agree with that but you also sort of want you know you want to be a bit you know considerate of the other person's feelings um as well and i kind of felt like i feel like where i am i'm too selfish to have like a deeper relationship and i'm kind of sort of of the mindset at the moment of like first dates are going really really well for me but then after i've kind of slept with them that sort of tension unless there's been like a really unless the sex is like like mind-blowing sort of beyond the bar of where the others are at Mm-hmm. um it's kind of like that tension has gone the first date is sort of like that oh will they won't they will that will we sleep together and i kind of get off on that tension a bit but then the sort of second and third dates is kind of like ah i know i'm gonna have sex with, with you now you know the kind of mysteries gone a bit and it's something i'm debating at the moment so yeah i was just wondering sort of uh where where you are with with what what you're looking for at the moment yeah, no, I think it's a good question. I've certainly gone through seasons with this, like I think everybody does. Mm. Uh, yeah, like you referenced, my first year, probably a little bit longer of doing this, I had a rule myself that I would only see a girl once. That was as much for a business decision as it was, mm. as it was for a personal decision. I mm. wanted to get really good really fast. And I mm. knew that if I was going to see a girl again, I would end up getting too comfortable if I knew mm. that I had her on speed dial. So yeah. I would make a point. It's actually a very interesting experiment that after me and a girl slept together, I just didn't get back in contact with them. And obviously that then makes them chase. Like yeah. even though that's, yeah. that's yeah. not actually what I wanted, but like I was like, I remember I was blocking girls. I had girls messaging me on, on Facebook because I got rid of them off everything else. So they literally found me on, on fucking Messenger. And like just, just knowing that you were so detached from seeing them again it then made them want to see you more but i made it very clear from the start that that's realistically all i wanted i didn't want to have this like long-term thing with any of them um Mm. but yeah when i first started i would recommend this personally to any guy for your first year look it's your life do what you want it depends we've all got different goals obviously i wanted to make a business out of this so my goal may be different to yours but just seeing a girl once and then just say just like that's all it needs to be. If you both leave feeling satisfied, I don't see the point in dancing that dance of thinking like, mm. we're going to continue seeing each other. This is mm. just what worked for me because it just kept me hungry, right? If I knew that after after that meal, I need to go out and hunt again for my next steak dinner, it makes me yeah. excited and motivated. If I know I've got a girl who I can, who I can call up at any moment and get my needs satiated, I'm not mm. excited to go out there anymore. So yeah, for the first year and a bit, I just had a policy where even if I really liked the girl, I wouldn't I wouldn't pursue anything with them after the first mm. time. And it definitely helped create more of a desensitization and a less 
like less attachment to things. Like just being able to essentially throw things away, I think it's a great practice, especially with the feminine, because like a lot of guys who get into this, they're in a place of scarcity and realistically they'll latch on to anything that says yes to them. But I think having the integrity to say no is uh, a superpower in itself. Uh, so that was like the first year. In terms of like what I want out with this now, yeah, it's um, it's it's certainly changed. Um, it's now a case of, um, you good? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, what I want out of it now, I'm in the market now for, I'm in the market now for more of those deep, meaningful connections with people. Like I do now want to see people more than once. I don't want a girlfriend, capital G, but I do want to have girlfriends, like girls in, in all the cities that I visit, right? So every city that I go to now, realistically, I know people there who I can have a girlfriend experience with. And I, I think I've transitioned from that whole like, player mentality to lover mentality where like mm. i i love receiving love from the feminine right most men are frustrated because they currently lack love from the feminine right and i think it's it's a mistake that guys make to stay in the perpetual player paradigm where it's always next girl next girl next girl mm. i think you have to get that out of your system especially as a young guy but i think i've matured a lot with this process i don't want to be anybody's capital b boyfriend but i can play the role of boyfriend and for me now i'd rather find one girl and have an incredible let's say month with her than mm. just have like mindless empty shags with like seven yeah. girls in a yeah. month it's not fulfilling to me it never really has been i did it more for a practical purpose back in the day but yeah now for me i would happily go six months without sex i'd, I'd happily go six months without bad sex then, mm. and, and then and then find someone that I can have mind-blowing experiences with, even if it's only going to be for a month. So yeah, that's that's sort of where I'm at right now. Like I don't really just I don't want like the empty notches, let's say, because yeah. I feel as though I've got that out of my system now. I really don't think like there's ever there's ever gonna be a, a, a need for that in my life. Like, yeah, if it's if it's on a plate, yeah, it's fun. But yeah, for mm. me now, it's like I really, I really want to go deep with like um relationships with the feminine and i think it's everyone goes through their own journey with this and i think you just gotta ask yourself what it is that you actually want you know if you want to if you want to live the perpetual player lifestyle for the next 10 years of your life then fucking good luck to you but i mm. think it, it will get old very quickly it certainly did for me anyway i think so i think so yeah like i think i'm sort of where you were in birmingham at the moment where yeah. I'm sort of like, oh, uh, yeah, like my my sort of satisfaction at the moment is, and I think maybe it's where I've come out of a, a relationship and stuff. I'm sort of like, oh, yeah, new girl. Oh, yes, that's another one from day game. Nice. But yeah, yeah I feel like I can I can definitely see that um, getting getting old quickly. One of the things I find as well is like, me at the moment sometimes there's sort of complications that arise sort of you know where sort of the third date they're like oh where's this going kind of thing sometimes mm. if it's been good like really good sex on the first time i kind of like to preserve it as like oh yeah that's like a as there's like a nicer wistful wistful memory you know mm. but i think definitely sort of 
yeah, I think as 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 we get kind of fur, further into this year, I think I think that will uh, that will change. Um, I reckon. But yeah, I wanted to kind of uh, yeah finally just touch on. Uh, I just I just thought we could. Um, I was just thinking about diving into the topic of uh, of bad sex as well because that that's a trip. Um, but we'll 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 cover that we'll cover that another time maybe if uh, depending on how much time you got. But I wanted to talk about the uh, the hashtag milkshakes because uh, yeah I think it's a, it's a cause close to both of both <laughs> of our hearts. Um, uh, you know both uh, fans of uh, the the older lady where where some of the other guys may uh, may not be and it's it's. It's quite funny, man. Like it's kind of just appeared out of the blue for me. <laughs> like, like the last like year or two. Like when I was like in my like late teens, starting this. Like I don't remember thinking like, oh fuck me. Like I wanna, I want not even necessarily a milf because like the one that I slept with last week like wasn't a milf. But just like when I say a milf, I just mean like a woman for me older than. 26 <laughs> <laughs> basically every girl that you approach because <laughs> the one last week was like was uh uh 20 28 about to turn 29 but for me she like she looked a bit older that's why i define her as um but um yeah man i mean i think one of the sort of things that that we were sort of thinking about talking about with this was the the limiting belief, I suppose, that comes from um, you know guys thinking like, ah, oh, yeah, um, women would only want sort of a man that's sort of quote unquote like higher up in life than mm. them, and has sort of got that like value and would, as a result, most likely be older mm. um, than than them as well. But um, yeah, it was really interesting last last week because um, I mean, for those for those of you that want the full tale, uh, episode five uh, on my podcast uh, goes in goes into detail on it. But um, yeah, this this woman was like a manager of um, of like a recruitment company, and um, yeah, she was just like up in Manchester for the day, and like obviously. It was it was kind of a weird one in terms of the way the date played out because it kind of went against the sort of our oh, man leading, all that kind of thing. Like I kind of understood on that date that if I did that, it was going to be a very combative date, but not in a way that was conducive to me getting what what I wanted necessarily. So I was kind of sort of like quite like I suppose like being like led around by 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 her in a way and. Yeah, man, it was funny, like, um, after um, we'd sort of acted out, I suppose, the whole uh, mummy fantasy during uh, sex and stuff, uh, she was like, I actually feel somewhat motherly towards you. (laughs) (laughs) Do you tell her that? I'm 16. (laughs) Mummy! Which was just funny to hear. And she was like, you know, like, during sex and stuff, she was, She's used to more sort of playing that role of like, oh yeah, the like submissive like little girl or whatever. But mm. she was like, I actually really enjoyed that. That's the first time that I've had that. And I was like, oh shit, nice, cool. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, and it was a breath of fresh air for me, really, to realise that 
that that is out there and it's not just a fancy that's in my head but but, mm. also, but that also takes place in 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 other people's you know yeah i think if uh if there's one thing that i will uh be remembered for is putting the milfs on the map in regards <laughs> to you <laughs> clip that put it out on the shorts um yeah like you know before i was making videos there was no older women videos right I yeah, yeah. if my videos demonstrate anything like all of my most popular videos are milf videos right so yeah. that underscores that there are guys out there who really fantasize about being with an older woman right i don't mm. care what anyone says in the fucking comments like, oh, no one wants an older woman it's like fuck you mate look at the stats the stats don't <laughs> fucking lie yes they fucking do you might not but other guys do. And there's a lot of guys out there who maybe you were watching MILF porn as a fucking young guy and you just had that. You just had that in your locker and you wanted to act out that fantasy. So, yeah, first of all, I think, uh, guys, listening to this, you want to play out the MILF fantasy, like listening to that story that you just shared and listening to your other podcasts as well, that should crush any self-limiting beliefs that you have around getting with an older women, right? I think I always say to guys, like, can you believe on a logical level, right? On a logical level, can you believe that there are women out there, older women, who want to have experiences with, with younger men? The answer is yes. Of course you can believe that because it's fucking true, as you've experienced. And I think that the, for me... The secret of MILF mode, that we'll call it, right? The, se the secret of MILF mode is to not view them as older women, right? That's how you pull older women. You don't view them as older women. You just view them as women, right? And you talk to them the exact same way you talk to any other girl who you found attractive. And actually, by talking to her in that way, like she's already just another girl, you give her permission to act out almost to relive her youth again it's like he's not even he's not even worried about like how old i am he's just really enjoying being with me and if she does bring up the age thing which they usually do you say oh don't worry about it you don't know how old my ex-girlfriend was like do you want another fucking mai tai it doesn't matter right like they don't care so like yeah in terms of breaking the uh, the self-limiting beliefs around fucking milfs like the whole point of milf mode is just to, to talk to them like they're just another yeah. woman because they are and they want they want to be with a younger guy because it lets them feel young again right if they're getting seduced by a younger guy it demonstrates to them they, they still have a value in the sexual marketplace and that's your best that's your best card when you're interacting with all the women it's just to interact with them like they're any other girl and that make that they, they, they absolutely love it as as you found yeah yeah like one of the most like one of the best things that i've started um saying to them is like uh which which you told me about was oh yeah the good news for you is you're well within my age bracket there you go <laughs> yeah and yeah man like it's funny like there was <laughs> It was one that I stopped um, in uh, in Manchester town the um, the the other um, the other week, and uh, Ash knew that I liked her, and uh, she was like, uh, she, I mean, she actually had grey hair, but um, like uh, she had like a little glint in her eye, and I was like, yeah, you know what, fuck it, we're we're going in, um, and yeah, like she and another one that I'm thinking about as well like they both like loved uh, the compliment one thing that i often ask if they are <laughs> if they're sort of in and around the 40 mark so, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, you asked him can i get a share of your pension <laughs> <laughs> see the post office on monday i mean needs must at the moment yeah <laughs> but um <laughs> 
but yeah, no, I, I will kind of ask like relatively early on, like, are you single? Just because if they are married, I don't really want to waste my time like fucking fucking about, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, yeah, can 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 be done, and they love they love the compliment. They love 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 it more than girls my age. Yeah, I would say more. I would say with the uh, the hashtag milkshakes, it's um, <laughs> you can really go in there with a lot of conviction. Like you can really go hard with the compliment because they get it. They've got skin in the game. They're not going to be they're not going to be offended by a compliment or not know how to receive it. Like an eighteen year old who's just mm-hmm. on TikTok all the time and she doesn't even know that people can speak to each other in person. Mm-hmm. That's why mm-hmm. it's like. Like try to like day game like 18, 19, 20 year olds, especially in the UK. It's not impossible, but like they just oftentimes they just don't get it, right? But like all <laughs> they just don't. It's like, uh, sorry, what? And then they're back on the phone again. But like with the older women, like because they've got skin in the game and you're like, yo, I saw you and you look fucking incredible, they just light up in front of you. So I would say the MILFs are the best practice for conviction. Like you see the MILF. Just go in there and just play a win, and she'll she'll get it. Uh, compared to the the, the younger girls, we just like you know what? Sorry, don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> you on TikTok? Yeah. yeah, the old uh, the old perplexed look. Um, by the way, man, just on a tangent, um, Ash has been. I think he's got three lays so far in Thailand. It's been it's been really. Um, well, I asked him if it's boosted boosted his self esteem somewhat. He said not not so much. It's kind of one of them where the the lazy easier to get, but there's a significant lack of conversation, which yeah. uh, I think to be honest suits him. <laughs> suits his, uh, his yeah, I think yeah. it's a good place to go just to get points on the board. Do you know what I mean? I think, mm-hmm. like, you just need that when you're first starting out or if you've just been going through a rough patch, like we were saying before. Mm-hmm. Just get some points on the board, positive momentum. Like, go to Thailand, have some great times over there, and then bring the momentum back with you. And you've got good stories. You know, you're talking to a girl in Manchester. Oh, I just come back from Thailand. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, that sort of shit feeds into, it feeds into your overall um, enjoyment of the game. I think that's um, – I think uh, the, the, the final thing I'll say is – um variety with this i know a lot of guys were still day gaming in the same city that they've been day gaming in for the past 10 years like mm-hmm. for me the biggest breakthroughs came when i changed my location and you don't mm. even need to change country like you know like when I, I i started off in leeds during covid i went to newcastle i went to york i went to manchester london edinburgh like mm. I, I changed location and like I'm not even necessarily doing it because I want to date the girls there. It's just to have that variety. I remember when I'd go down to London from Leeds, I'd return to Leeds with so much positive momentum because London was significantly more difficult than Leeds. So I felt like my game was improving every time I went down there. But yeah, I think to guys who are currently in a rut, I think they need variety. Whether it is taking yourself to a faraway exotic location or just jumping on a train and going to a nearby city, I think just having that variety... It, it changes your overall mindset because you're in a new place with new people, new experiences. And I think that could restore your love for the game as well. Mm, definitely. And then it's like a day trip as well. You know, yeah. Which is like, which is just like nice. Man, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm, uh, I'm going to shoot off. I'm going to try and squeeze in. I'm on a one, one till nine shift. So I'm going to try and squeeze in a gym sesh before, uh, before that uh that shift starts but yeah great to chat to you my friend yeah no sounds good to me um for anybody listening to this on my podcast i will put the links to sam's podcast 
um, in the description of this one. So, yeah, if you enjoy anything day game related, which let's be real, if you listen to my, my podcast, you fucking do, then Sam has uh, started his podcast where he's documenting the journey, which I think is, is super valuable. You're not sitting atop your ivory tower being like, I've worked it all out. You're documenting the becoming and people can resonate with that. So, yeah, if you if you like anything day game related, go over. You're on YouTube out, yeah? So I'll leave all yeah, the links. Yeah. People can listen to your podcast and just soak up a shit ton of fucking value from you. But, no, it's been my absolute pleasure, mate. Um, we'll dash this out on our platforms um, and just give the, the give the people what they want. All right? Nice one. Excellent, my friend.